Welcome to KafaroCast, everyone. I am super excited today. I have one of my most favoritest people in the outdoor industry on the other line, and uh, that's Petra with uh, Hilleberg the Tent Maker. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. I've I've been trying to um, get you on here off and on for a while, but we both have crazy schedules, and you ride a horse way too much. <laughs> there, There is that. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no, how, how often do you ride a horse? Not to get off the subject already, but... Are you uh, uh, every day? Every morning, yeah, before I go to work. Holy cow. Usually. Oh, Usually. Cool. Not today, though. Oh, I appreciate you canceling the horse riding for me. You know, anytime. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a little bit of backstory for those people that don't know. I've actually used uh, Hilleberg tents longer than I've, I've used a Kafaru, um, longer than I even known what Kafaru what Kafaru was. So I guess it's... I think 14 years ago, I started using Hilleberg and probably 12 years ago, 10 years ago, you, you and I, I guess it's 12 years ago is when I first met you. I think it was through, uh, Brian Martin. Is that seem right? Yeah, that seems, uh, that seems right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, time, obviously it's going really fast right now, but, um, but yeah, that must be about right. We're getting old. 20 years. Yeah, well, you speak for yourself. Um, <laughs> it's 20 years since I started the business here in the U.S., so that's about right. And and you you actually um, are like the um, the head person in charge now. Like what 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 like give everybody what your title is now. Well, um, I'm president and CEO. So um, we have offices in Sweden and here in Redmond, Washington, and then we have our factory in Estonia. And um, and we call that the Hilleberg Group. So I'm CEO of uh, the Hilleberg Group. So I'm in charge of all offices um, through that. And then I'm also president, so directly in charge of day-to-day operations of uh, the Swedish office and uh, the office um, here in uh, in Redmond. So um, so yeah, so that keeps me busy a little bit. I bet. How many languages do you speak? Uh, well, so I grew up in Sweden. Uh, so I grew up with Swedish. And my mom is from Austria, so I actually grew up with Swedish and German. And then I added English when I was in fourth grade in school. Um, and then I also uh, did French, which is very rusty right now. But I did French for um, quite a few years. So, um, so technically, those are the ones. <laughs> gotcha. So... Um just uh, to kind of cover the the backstory of 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 Hilleberg, uh, your father Bo Hilleberg started the company. He's actually friends. Uh, Patrick speaks extremely highly of yeah. Bo. Um, when did he start the company originally? So it was actually in 1971. So next year we're celebrating 50 years. Um, so it was 50 years ago that he started it. So he worked as a forester, and he was also a big time mountaineer, and he did. Um, he did his military service in northern Sweden in the what's called the Mountain Hunters. So he was out a lot and, and um, just didn't like any of the tents that were on the market. So he started the business in 71, but obviously it took a few years before uh, the first tent uh, went on the market. But um, uh, 73 was the first tent, so uh, about 50 years ago. Uh, Holy cow, look how, look how far you guys have come. It's really cool. Um, I have to say that the magic ingredient that my dad uh, got was that he met my mom uh, on a ski trip to Austria, where she stood him up a number of times before she actually went on a date with him. But um, <laughs> he moved to Sweden, 
and uh, then you know he just started this business and had these ideas and uh, she learned how to sew. She had no sewing experience, but she learned how to sew so that she could put his ideas into prototype and then um, he she also figured out how to put it into a production line, um, which is amazing. She basically set up the whole factory and uh, figured out how to do it, how to be efficient with it, and how to produce the pants. And she basically did the prototypes, uh, all prototype work on all models up until probably about a little bit over 10 years ago. Yeah, holy cow. So, so Yeah, so she's important. Yeah, I was going to say that goes to show you that every good man has a much better woman in their life. Uh, inclu- yes, that including is me. true. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, for you. Uh, I know, right? It's, it's bad. I'm quite amazed. Stuart and I have talked about it, actually, how you guys put up with me. Um, I'm, I'm certainly a, a unique um, personality, but you guys have been super cool to me over the years, so I appreciate that. Yeah, we got over being scared of you, so then it was. Uh, then it's been much better after that. Come on, it's not that bad. <laughs> I, I have, I would. Uh, you are one of the 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 companies that I the biggest advocate of. Um, I can't say I sell more Hillebergs than anyone else you have work with, but I certainly try because I I have said such good luck. Uh, with with the shelters, I mean, I've had good enough luck. I mean, we obviously sell them at Kafaru now, but. It was awkward for people at first because they're, you know, you're using a competitor's product and it's like, well, it's way different than what we do. And I just, I believe right. in it that much. Not only that, I've been on several trips where everyone else's shelters blew down and mine didn't. So that seems to help. Right. Well, and that, we, we uh, obviously really, really appreciate it. But um, I think it's, you know, we never pay anyone to use our product. Uh, so anyone that we have a partnership with, with you is, is, you know, usually people who really, really use the tents, or it is always the people who really, really use the tents and who really need them. And because you're out so much and have so much experience, you kind of know and you see what works and what doesn't. So that's, uh, I think, why we can have such a good partnership, um, because you actually use the products all the time. I, I um, actually have used the wrong product many times, and you have gotten mad at mm-hmm. me. Not ma- maybe not mad. <laughs> Uh, you never, you never <laughs> scolded me, but I think Stuart has through you, if that counts. Um, mm, I definitely right. push the limits of, um, of your, of your shelters, yeah. which can give people maybe with less experience uh, the yes, wrong it's idea. It's tricky, right? Yeah. Um, it's tricky because uh, we know that they work for the conditions that you use them in, and then we get these great photos from you, and we're like, you know, Aaron, we can't use them. Uh, the problem is. You know, like if you have your experience and uh, you know what you're doing, and you also know what you're trading off. So, like you being an expert at using our yellow label tents in the winter, which are obviously <laughs> they are for the snow-free months of the year. Um, and it's not because they're not gonna they're not gonna hold up because the materials are very very strong and the poles and and everything. So the construction is there, but it's gonna be colder. Um, it's not gonna be as comfortable and um, a lot of people expect a lot more comfort when they go out. So that's kind of why we have the different categories and why we say that the yellow labels are not for snow. Uh, and it's just because of the expectations that people have. Uh, and that was, that was actually tricky when we, when we did the yellow label, uh, which is a lighter weight product that 
for a lot of people, a Hilleberg is a Hilleberg is a Hilleberg. So I should be able to take it to the North Pole or Everest no matter what. Um, so that's something we've ran into. That, so that's why we're trying to be really, really clear in talking about what they are meant for um, so that people understand that. But again, if you have experience and you know what you're doing and you know what the the drawbacks and the, the advantages are, then it's obviously very usable. Yeah, I uh, I have a funny story to to tell you. So my my wife, you know, we we got married uh, a few years ago, but she really wanted to go backpacking, and she never anyway. So the first trip we go on, we hike into an alpine lake in the spring, and uh, you know, so we get there, and these are some of the photos uh, Petra's talking about. She could not use. I had a, I think it was an uh, Anyan GT two, and there is like four feet of snow every there is no dry ground anywhere and and it, she doesn't know any different she doesn't know that this is normal or abnormal and so i'm i frank was smart and brought a solo um I, and i was not smart and i brought the which i didn't mind I, but i had to do dead man anchors or what i call a dead man anchor and so I, i'm trying not to uh cuss too much because i'm like fuck i gotta do dead man anchors and she's like what's that and i'm like ah it's no big deal so i i get the the, the tent up and i'm like huh, this is gonna potentially suck because um i uh i did not bring oh you know, i didn't bring four season sleeping pads i brought lighter weight ones especially for her oh so I was like, well, here, take my pad. Cause mine had like a three, seven R value and hers was like a two. Um, and <laughs> so I put a space blanket, the, uh, one of those silver goofy survival blankets under her pad <laughs> under me, you know, and she, she had a great time. She had, you know, she did, did like I said, she didn't know any different. I'm like, well, honey, we, we kind of started out varsity. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> I had the little Y pegs mm-hmm. that you definitely shouldn't be using. So I got sticks for the dead man anchors. And anyway, um, the whole time she had heard me probably say six times, like Petra's going to be pissed if I post these photos. And she's like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, Petra, it's, uh, she, 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 and, um, you know, her husband, I explained the whole history of, of Hilleberg. And I'm like, I have gotten scorned before for pushing the limits of, <laughs> shelters and i was like i think um you know i have another story to tell after this you'll get a kick out of because you told me not to do this other thing and i did it anyway and <laughs> and i i was so scared i didn't even tell you so i told her that whole story and i said there's other times i've clipped off like zipper pulls and i've gotten like why do you do that you only save like a fraction or and anyway so i've stopped doing that but you told me do not use reflective guy line and it works as a saw on the tie out points in extremely high wind. Um, and I'm being very upfront with this cause my tent blew down and I didn't tell you and I had, um, to fix it here. So I had 1.8 millimeter reflective cord, which is literally like a saw in high wind mm-hmm. for the pullouts. And she was with me and a storm came in and it is, as you know, obviously it's blowing back and forth, 30, 40 mile an hour winds. And sure shit, I had to eat crow. Um, and she heard me t- say, I'm never going to tell Petra this because she will eat me alive, <laughs> which is amazing. I'm scared of a five foot four uh, Scandinavian Swedish woman. But I was like, I'm not I'm telling five, her. I'm 5'10". Five 5'10". <laughs> ten. Ten. Um, there you go. But I think you'd kick my ass. So I'm like, I'm not going to tell her. And of course, my wife's <laughs> making fun of me. So I came back and sewed new tie out points on here. 
But you want to talk, as I'm making fun of myself, a little bit about the different things, why you guys do them, like the, the guy line, for example, and, um, you know, the different, why you offer so many different options of shelters and what they're, you know, catered to. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you're, you're lucky that your, life, uh, your wife is still with you. Um, <laughs> you probably don't deserve her. <laughs> oh, no, I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> you love her to death. I'll bring her out when I when I come out next. You'd laugh. Yes, please do. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that you've given her a better uh, outdoor experience since then, right? That was the first, but there's been many good ones after that. So yeah, I did yeah, much better. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> um, um, yeah. So we obviously have a lot of models, and um, you know, if someone gets the catalog and they look at the back of the catalog, it, there's a lot of models, and they kind of look a little bit the same. Uh, so that's why we. We started with a label system a few years ago uh, to help people um, choose and to kind of differentiate them. And we went with black and red and yellow and and blue. So we went with colors and neutral um, rather than going expedition grade, trekking, you know, leisure. Uh, Anything that put a a name label um, we did not want or anything that made people associate. So the black label, which are our strongest fabrics, our strongest poles, uh, they are the easiest to handle because all the poles are the same length um, and uh, they are the most comfortable because they have uh, larger events, bigger vesicles, things like that. So that's a black label. And obviously they, they are more or less standard on North and South Pole expeditions. So if someone comes and they say, we're going to go to the North Pole, I would recommend them a Caron 3 if there's two people. Uh, but if a family comes in and they're saying, we just started out, we want the most comfortable, the easiest to use, and the tent that's going to last us the longest, I would recommend the same Caron. Um, so it kind of, um, it doesn't go by what's oh, the strongest as expedition tent. It's more um, it as the strongest, most comfortable, the easiest to use. Um, that's the black label and then we have the red label which are basically um, slightly lighter so there uh, the lightweight component is slightly higher emphasized than the absolute strength so they're still all season tents but they're a little bit lighter Um, so lighter fabric uh, lighter poles Um, the poles might not all be the same length they're still super easy and quick to set up uh, but you might have um, a little bit of a, a different pole length, so they're clearly marked, but still, and then the, the venting can be a little bit different. Um, so you you decrease a little bit in comfort, a little bit in, as we talk about, sometimes safety margin if you have the absolute worst-case scenario. Um, uh, but still, so the red label is where most people uh, go shopping in because it's it's light, but it's still really strong. You can use it any time uh, you want. Uh, and then we have the yellow label, which are for the snow-free times of the year, which some people obviously have a very hard time understanding. No <laughs> 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 <Snow> names. <laughs> uh, but our, um, the reason why we call them, um, we don't want to call them three-season because three-season sounds like summer happy only, uh, and they are a lot more than that. So that's why we call them snow-free. Uh, for the snow-free times of the year. Uh, the reason is anything that we consider an all-season tent, so basically that can be used in all season, which is um, 
snowstorms and sandstorms, right? Um, is um, so an all-season intent for us, and that's our internal, uh, is that um, the outer tent or the fly needs to be able to go all the way down to the ground uh, so that you don't have any snow or sand drift coming in. Uh, the vents have to be high enough that uh, they're not covered by snow. Um, and then obviously they have to be strong enough um, to handle any weather. And then all mesh panels need to be able to be covered up. So any mesh panel in an all-season tent has a, a regular fabric backing. And our yellow label tents don't have that. So there the mesh panels uh, are not coverable. They're just open. And the venting is integrated into the structure at the bottom. So the vents are not high up. So that's why we don't call it a winter tent because if you have really a lot of snow, then that will pack on around the bottom of the tent and then you lose a lot of your venting. Um, same thing that the, because the, the mesh panel is not covered, you can get snow drift into the inner tent, which is not so comfortable. So that's what I was talking about. Like If you know all that and you're aware of it and you understand that there might be snow on you <laughs> or it might be colder or you might have to fuss a little bit to get extra venting, then it's obviously usable in those conditions, but that's not what we recommend them for. Um, so that's kind of how, and what's really important is that we only compare our tents within our own line. Like we don't, this is not an industry standard. This is not, um, you know, anything because like our yellow label tents are, you know, if you're looking at fabric are a lot stronger than most so-called expedition tents on that market. So we only compare within our own line. And then the blue label are group tents uh, that are kind of the ones that don't fit into the other categories. Gotcha. Um, and in the blue label, you you guys offer, um, you have tarps, um, you have, uh, it's kind of a yurt, I guess. Is that in that same label? Um, and I cannot remember the name of it. Um, but talk about the blue label, because I get asked questions about the uh, quite a few of the different products you offer on that, you know, free. Yeah. The tarps, we actually have, we kind of just call them shelters, so they're not technically in that label. Uh, the labels are just for the tents. But the, the blue label, we have the Atlas, the outside, which is the yurt one that you're talking about, and the Stalin XL. So they're all uh, big group tents. So the outside, for instance, that you were mentioning, uh, it is a group tent, so it races with a trekking pole in the middle, or no, like a, a tarp pole in the middle, and then you have trekking poles on the sides. So you have race sides. So it kind of looks like a yurt. Um and we were using, we'd made some of those uh, for ourselves, and we were using them when we were doing tours with uh, retailers in the Swedish mountains. And we'd always have those for a number of years, and the retailers were like, you guys have to start selling this product. Uh, so that's kind of how that came about. Um, so we started selling it so kind of as a group shelter. Um, so it, you can have a lot of people sitting. I think we probably had like 20 people sitting around it. Um, inside, and then if you want to sleep in it, um, obviously you have to be a little bit around the pole, but it's um, you can probably sleep six people in there. And the UL, um, yeah, the weight is nine pounds, eight ounces, so it's pretty light for what it is, but it's definitely group shelter. And then the Atlas was also originally made for um, for military hospital um, use, um, so it's a big dome also can fit a lot of people, uh, very sturdy, uh, and it's fully modular, so you can attach 
multiple units to each other. Um, so usually we say that it sleeps um, uh, eight in the regular, but then we have an inner tent and we have inner tents for it. So it's a completely modular. And then the Stalin XL, which is basically a huge tunnel tent that is also completely fully modular. It's um, like 92 inches tall and 167 long, so you can have 16 people and sleeping in there, and that's fully modular. It was also originally made for uh, for military configurations. Uh, so they're kind of the outliers that maybe you don't necessarily take backpacking. Gotcha. The that you could, but not the Atlas and the Stalinic. So, so um, but like within each label, you kind of like if you look at the black label, you have the Caron, which is kind of our flagship. Two entrances, two vestibules, all the same the the same length poles, and then you kind of look at uh, the red label. You have a red label version of it. You have the Kaitum, which two entrances, two vestibules, poles a little bit different height, but um, a little quite a bit light, lighter but still really strong. And then in the yellow label, then we have the new Helex, which is also two entrances, two vestibules. And then we're like the Namach, the Nalo, and the Anyan. They kind of have complementary versions in each label. They do, and and I actually, I do my best to try to, well, the way I'm explaining it to people when they ask, um, see if you uh, yell at me for this, but I think I'm getting it right. Um, You know, because you have... (laughs) a pretty close version of each shelter in each line, meaning like the, 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 I would say like the onion is the lighter version of the Nalo for, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. when, you know, I, I had a, a person I had recently suggested he's from, um, the Midwest and, and onion and he found an Nalo on sale. Um, and I'm not, I may not, I think it was a Nalo. Anyway, his first trip out, it was, uh, extremely muggy, uh, he, he put it on wet grass. It was probably 70 degrees outside. Uh, and then it rained uh, and they were wet and they got in it. And I was like, yeah, man, you literally took a triple trailer semi truck through McDonald's drive through. Like that is not the shelter to <laughs> you're as bad as I am going the other way around. Um, you know, when you, when you look um, at the go ahead. Yeah, no, keep going. Well, I just I, I, will, I will correct you eventually here. Well, I I said, uh, you know, I told him I said you can use that uh, shelter in that um, scenario, but you have got to ventilate it. You have got to get some. You can't stake everything to the ground uh, and not have any ventilation. If you do that, you you would get condensation. And I said, did you ventilate it? And he's like, no, I didn't ventilate anything. And I'm like, well, that. That is a problem. You have got to make sure that, you know, if you're going to use that specific model that you that you ventilate it if you're not going to go with the lighter weight version um, or the more ventilated version. Um, you go ahead now and see if I told him the right thing. <laughs> yeah, I would say yes and no on that. Um, so, uh, so yes, obviously you can vent the Nalo and you, uh, you can uh, peg out the back end so that it lifts up uh, from the ground. Uh, so we have extra... Um, we have like a back zipper there, so you can you can open it up uh, quite a bit. But in conditions like that, so as you know, um, there's no such thing as a condensation-free tent, right? Um, there is certain conditions where, unfortunately, condensation is the reality, no matter how bad we think that is. Um, it's 
if you have higher humidity outside than inside and there's no air movement, so basically if you have no wind moving it, so in the conditions that you're describing that he had, there would be no wind, there's no air movement. So unless he would put a heat source of some kind inside the inner tent to drive that moisture out, he wouldn't have it no matter how much he vented it. Uh, and that doesn't matter which model it is. Um, so like if you think of if you would have had a tarp set up in that condition, uh, you would still have condensation underneath that tarp, even though it's completely open all around it. Um, so in some conditions, it's just unless you have something moving that moisture out, it, it will not, um, you will have condensation. Um, it's kind of like uh, you pour a cold beer into a uh, water glass. You're going to get condensation on the outside. It's not because the it's leaking or it's a bad glass. It's just condensation, right? So in certain conditions, you will have that. Right. And um, the airflow, so, if there is some wind or some airflow, though, that will help uh, quite a bit if there, if there is some absolutely. airflow. And that's what I was absolutely. trying to As soon as you get wind. Yeah, as soon yeah. as you get wind. As soon as you get wind in there. Uh, so uh, on the Nalo, you would open the, the front vent a little bit under the hood and uh, you'd pull out the back end and roll that back end up, um, there's a there's a little zipper and a vent um, that you roll up. As soon as that's open, then you have, then you're golden. Gotcha. See, I feel better now. I wasn't totally wrong. Also setting up... You weren't up, totally wrong. Setting up but on... I wouldn't call it... I wouldn't say that's the wrong tent for it. It's a great tent um, to use in... For, for most things, really. Uh, we have people using it in the desert... Uh, we have people using in the winter, so it's a really good all-around tent. Um, I definitely am not. Dis- yeah, I'm definitely not disagreeing with you on that. My biggest point to him, if you were if you were going to use it in less harsh conditions, you have got to get some airflow in there, or like you, especially if you set it up on wet grass, that's like the yeah. devil for condensation. Um, yeah, and, and or get like a little a little mini fan or something inside, <laughs> a little heat source. Then you have the the air circulating, and then especially if you're car camping or something, if it's a really uh, warm place, you can have like a little like a little fan or like a little heat source. No, no open flame, please. But um, you know something like that, and then it'll drive condensation out right away. Well, and, and I mean, it's a good conversation because I'm glad we're talking about this because um, by no means am I saying a Nalo is not a well, a, a really versatile shelter. But if you're buying your first shelter and you're not going to be camping in expedition type terrain, sometimes going the go big or go home isn't the best option if you're going to be in hotter weather way more often than than colder weather. And, and I'd like to get your take on that because... I was like, hey, man, if if, if it were me, uh, past September, I, I'm in a Nalo or a Stika or something like that. But before that time frame, if you're not you know, going to be pushing the limits of it as your first shelter, I would suggest something like an, an Anyan or a Nyack, um, you know, for, for two people. Would that be your suggestion or would you suggest differently? I'm going to, again, say yes or no because um – the, like I said earlier, the yellow label, they're not as easy uh, to deal with um, necessarily. Like they have uh, a little bit less renting. They have a little bit, they're going to be a little bit colder. Um, so um, 
for two people, I would go with the Alec um, if you were just starting out because then you can really open it up. You have, you can cover it. You can, if you have a colder night, it's going to be warmer. The Niac for two people um, is a little bit small because it only has one entrance. So you have to, the, the person on the inside has to crawl over the other to get out. Uh, so I would not do that as a starter tent for two people because unless you're super, super close and you want to snuggle all night, it's going to get a little tight. If that's what your goal is, then yes. Uh, then I would rather <laughs> do the Rogan. Then, <laughs> then you have at least, you don't have to crawl over each other for, uh, for um, to go out at night. I think Niyak is a fantastic one person or like one person with a big dog or one person with a lot of gear uh, or one person and a child, things like that. Uh, or two people that really love each other a lot. So that's why originally we had called it a one plus, but then technically the dimensions are fully two people. So uh, we left it as a two. Uh, but the Rogan then would be a, a better choice. But I think in general, the red label is more of a starter line than the yellow label. I think normally for, for other brands, um, you've always said, oh, yeah, you go with a three-season tent because I'm not going to go out in the winter. But it is also the comfort uh, comfort features. Uh, so that's why, again, like if if I have a a family coming out and they uh, they are just starting out and they want something easy to use and and comfortable, I'd recommend the Caron for them or the Kitem. So it's it depends. It so sort of depends on what people want to do and, and and where they're going and how what they're comfortable with. Um, you know, the, the materials on the yellow label are lighter, so. They're going to be a little bit more uh, vulnerable to UV light and, and um, you know, to abrasion damages and things like that. So you also have a strength component that you go up with and a longevity component in the other labels. So, so it depends. <laughs> See, that's a good, it's a good conversation to have because, like, Frank just started using the Rogan. Um, and yeah. he did it as much to open both doors for ventilation for high country mule deer hunting and scouting um, yeah. to get the wind to blow through because it gets so dang hot. And and I'm sweating balls off in the Anyan uh, it just because you don't have the dual, and same with the Nyack, you don't have the dual doors like the Rogan has um, or, or the Solo. I mean, it, it it's really, you know, dependent. And, and I brought, um, uh, and I'm, I'm going to hack this up and I hope I get it right, the, the the Honoris, did I pronounce that correctly? Yeah, yeah. Yay. Honor. I brought that Yay, on our recent, <laughs> the recent fishing. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> uh, some of the recent fishing trips my, my wife and I have gone on, and I and yeah. I brought that one. It's lighter, but two, uh, as much, so she can take a, a, a nap in midday in the shelter, and there's a ton of ventilation in that thing mm-hmm. to open both sides, and, and that. Depending upon what you're doing, like with the, all the options you guys have, um, that's a good thing to think about if you're camping in really hot conditions or in the desert is that, that airflow where I've packed in the, the Stika before in much more extreme conditions and, and guys are like, uh, man, that's like eight pounds. And I'm like, yeah, but I got to live in this fucker for the next four days and this weather is horrible. And for the extra maybe three pounds um, I'm packing in comparison yeah. to their shelter – you know, mine never falls down and I'm a lot warmer inside. And so it's it's yeah. worth that extra weight. And and I think the Stika is probably one of the more overlooked, you know, shelters to, to me. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Is that one that's overlooked that shouldn't be, you think? Mm, 
we do sell a lot of them. Uh, so, but it's it's a really good uh, option. I agree. I think, especially like if people look at the back of the catalog, people it's very easy to stare yourself blind at the weights uh, because here we have all the pack weights listed, and you go, oh my god, that's way too heavy. Um, but it's it's there's so many more things that we always tell people to to look at what you have in your pack. Your tent is going to be something that you're going to spend a lot of time in. It's going to be really important for whatever you're doing, whether it's, um, you know, if you have to get up the next morning for uh, for your hunt and, and you're dependent on it, you're dependent on a good night's sleep, the shelter makes a big difference. So saving those extra ounces or pounds um, on the tent is not always the best option. There's usually some other things that you can look at in your pack that maybe can be a little bit lighter or maybe you don't even need to bring. Um, so I think looking at the comfort feature of the shelter is really important uh, and not always counting the, the grams on that because that's, again, we spend a lot of time in this, and especially if the weather turns and, and uh, you want to make sure you're ready for the worst-case scenario. Usually people don't need a, a super, super strong tent for most of the things that they do. But if you're going out and your your hunt depends on you being out for a longer period of time or you have a week that you're going to be out with or if you have a guided trip and you're out for that long, your trip can be ruined if it, the, the tent doesn't hold up. So I think looking at more aspects than just the weight is important. No, I, I agree. And it's obviously a bit contradictory of me because we're making fun of me for using um, like a yellow label. Mm-hmm. But I definitely when I take I, <laughs> so, uh, so for like example, this year I'm going on Mount Baker helping out a guy on a mountain goat hunt. I definitely learned my lesson of running a yellow label on that mountain um, and will not mm-hmm. be doing that again <laughs> just because it, mm. it's a little rough um, out there. And in October, <laughs> um, it can uh, it can snow a substantial amount. <laughs> the rain was really? no problem. No. I know. I right? Know. <laughs> I was looking at the pack in and I was doing exactly what you were talking about. And I'm like, um, yeah, OK, I've got. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't I, I'm going to save weight. And then. We hit a hellacious uh, rainstorm, which was fine, but then it turned to snow um, relatively quickly, and I didn't have any problem with the shelter holding up. I was freezing my balls off was the problem because the wind was ripping underneath it to the point I got out and found logs to try to block the wind, and I'm, you know, the whole time I'm thinking, I am such a dumb shit. What the (laughs) hell did eight ounces matter or whatever? It it wasn't very much. Um, And so I I run... On that on that trip specifically, I run the the Nalo a lot on that that specific trip. Um, I'm a huge fan of that shelter, and I, I like the room for two people. The the Nalo too for me, and I, I don't need the the GT on that specific um, you know trip that. And I've been on that that hunt quite a bit. What would you suggest being from Washington? So, for example, that specific trip mid October. Uh, one person, what would be some of your suggestions for, for that? The solo is another one that I recommend a lot for that, but what would you suggest? I was going to say the solo is obviously pretty bomber. There's nothing you can't throw at it. Um, uh, so that's a really good one-person uh, shelter if you're looking for uh, doing more of the climbing and this overall really um, all-around the strongest one person. Um, the actor is still our most popular tent, uh, the one person. Uh, 
Um, it's still our most popular one person, but, um, you know, it requires a little bit more in the setup. Um, but the Mellow 2 for one person is obviously great. Um, we have uh, people that are doing more of that snow uh, and want a little bit of extra strength would go to the, the bigger brother, basically, than not much, too. Um, so, uh, so that's an option. Uh, Alec. Again, it's almost passing the Acto in the, the most popular uh, tent. But for two people, the Alec 2 might be overkill, then you probably go with the Solo. Or again, the Nala 2, then you have the flexibility of adding another person if needed. Um, so that's always a good option. Um, so the Nala 2. Yeah. So, on the, um, uh, so for the initial story I told with... Uh, Bring, putting my wife through hell on the colder weather trip in snow. That's actually I I bought um, and I, I hacked these names up badly. But the the Namage is am I pronouncing that correctly? Mm-hmm. Okay. Namage, yeah, yeah. I got that um, for her and I for those those trips. In fact, the first trip we went on this year, which was totally her idea, so you cannot yell at me. We got out of the truck and there was like four <laughs> feet of snow out of the truck, and I'm like, honey, this is gonna suck badly just getting there and I said and I'm quite certain the lake is frozen and so she you know I have 60 pounds of shit on my back and she has like 28 so I'm going literally balls deep every step post holing <laughs> and she's laughing and it's it's was funny for the first two miles the second two it wasn't quite as funny but it got better um towards the end and so like that trip she she really realized what I was initially talking about of how much difference a shelter can make because we had pretty high winds. We were around 12, five, uh, 12, three. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that she's like, this just it is so much warmer. And I'm like, it is, I've, I, you know, maybe your testing has been different. It's usually 10 to 15 degrees, uh, difference in my, my Nalo, my Kytum or my Namage compared to my, my Anyan. Um, yeah. And, All right. I was like telling her, I'm like, 15 degrees is a pile of difference in temperature, like mm-hmm. night and day. And so she, you know, was in there and like, this is really warm. And the wind was just, you know, cranking on the outside. And so, you know, for her, she was super happy, obviously, that that I got the other shelter, um, you know, for that. Because we stayed two nights up there and the lake was totally frozen. Um, it was really boring for me. But sh- she... I, I had service, and so I actually got out your your website so she could look through it and see what I was talking about. Um, the only difference, like with when I with the Stika in comparison to the the Namage or the the Kitem, the, the Stika is a lot cooler for me when I have issues with a tube tent when it's really rocky terrain. Um, do you want to kind of cover that um, so I don't hack it up because it can be a pain at times. Um, if you're not careful as far as, you know, I see a lot of guys use their foot to put in stakes. And if it's really rocky terrain, you will bend every stake you have. Um, but kind of talk about the differences in the, the freestanding and the, in the tube tents. Yeah. Well, so first of all, don't ever use your foot to put a stake in. I, just, I didn't, it wasn't it, me. The ground is, <laughs> uh-huh. Mm, yeah. That was just a comment. <laughs> but, um, so, so yes, obviously a Stika or any dome. So we, we actually have, uh, we have tunnel tent freestanding and self-supporting, uh, is what we kind of, um, talk about. Um, 
So freestanding, so that's fully freestanding, including the vestibules, which is pretty unique. Most uh, other times you have to peg out the vestibules. But the Staika and the Alak, the Stolo, uh, they're completely freestanding, including the vestibules. So, so yes, of course, if the ground is super rocky and um, bad, then it's very easy to set them up. So if you're often on uh, in areas where it is hard to get pegs in, then, then that is a great option. I think that's one of the reasons why the Alec is so popular because it's super easy. Um, same with the Stika, but the Alec is a little bit lighter. Um, you can have them on platforms for people that are using them platforms or have to set up their tents on platforms and, and uh, really rocky ground. That being said, um, the tunnel tents, they need four points to be fully secure. So the two ends on the vestibules um, on each side or two ends on the back and then the front of the vestibule. If you only have one vestibule, like on the Nalo. Um, and you can use, you can be creative with it and, and use a lot of different things. Um, so you can use rocks. If you use rocks, we don't recommend that you put the rocks straight on the peg point. We, we recommend that you bring some guidelines, some extra guideline and and uh, tie that to the peg point and then put the, ro- the rock onto that extra guy line instead so you don't damage your tent and you don't have the rock too close to the tent. So just bring a little extra guy line because if the guy line gets a little scuffed, that doesn't matter as much as if your tent does. So um, then you can put big rocks on those. But as long as you do those four main points, uh, we've used um, logs. You put two logs, one in front and one in the back, uh, large rocks. Um, you can use a long stick uh, and put between the uh, the peg points and then uh, put big rocks on that. So there's a lot of ways that you can be creative with it. Um, but again, we do really recommend keeping the rocks away from the base of the tent and then just putting um, extra guidelines Um so I think that's sometimes what people are a little bit intimidated about is the, the setup of the tunnel tents, um, especially on this market where there's not as many tunnel tents as there are in, in Europe and Scandinavia. Um, but the reason why we have so many tunnel tents is because you always have the best weight to space ratio in a tunnel tent. So you have, so like in the Kaitum or the Caron, you have com- two entrances and two vestibules and completely uh, vertical inner tent walls on the ends. So you have more room than anything. So you have really, really a lot of room for not that much weight. Um, so that's why the tunnel tents are so good. Uh, but they do need those four pegs. But like we always recommend, even if you have a spike, you have to peg it out, right? Um, I think we see people sometimes that just put their pack inside the tent and then they don't do anything else. But we always recommend pegging down um, we always peg out all guy lines and all bottom peg points, just to be sure. So I think that's important to keep in mind. I'm not going to comment on that. I may have skipped the bottom <laughs> occasionally, um, but I, it is important to peg them all out. The, the ones <laughs> if you peg, if you don't peg out the bottom on the on like the Stika, for instance, and you get really high wind, uh, the wind can come in underneath it, and then they'll start lifting the the uh, the bottom pole ends. And then you have a lot more movement and you can get um, a lot of funkiness happening and it can weaken the structure and it can also like force the uh, guidelines out. So that's why it's good to peg down the bottom ones as well. 
I, I, I will say I do always peg down if if I have a four season shelter, there's a very good reason or your uh you know, your black label or, or red label. I always peg those down. I have skipped occasionally when I'm in the timber, potentially, possibly without you yeah. yelling at me, the the four on the Nyack. Um and I and I should peg those down, but there's no when Oh, it doesn't look good at all if you don't peg those. Uh, you don't get the right structure. The uh well when when you do, they have to look beautiful. I yeah, I think they're my, you. They're you, my babies. You're not taking care of them. I'm sorry. I <laughs> I told I told people she yells at me. No, I'm just kidding. One thing I have done is swapped out some of the pegs on the mm-hmm. the different shelters and and for what I call like the pinnacle points, the four mm-hmm. key points on the oh the the Anyan or even the Nalo. I've run and and put bigger uh use longer yes. pegs. Um, yep. You know, I. It just depends. Like, if you're in early marshy conditions and high wind, it just makes me feel a little bit better that I have a longer, you know, stake. Whether or not I needed them, I don't know. It's just kind of a habit I've gotten into. Where on on pinnacle points, I'll run a bigger uh, stake, mm-hmm. and and when I run the base, um, like on the floor where we were just talking about, I'll usually run the smaller uh, stakes that it comes with, or sometimes possibly. Ones that I shouldn't be running on the floor portion, and the guy outs I run the larger ones as well. Um, do you think is that something you would suggest for the pinnacle points? Yeah, so uh, it's always a tricky. The the, uh, the tents come with different pegs, so the yellow label has a different from the red label and from the black label, uh, and that's um, you know it's weight based uh, is why we're including uh, the pegs that we are with the tents. So they're still they're strong. And uh, and good, but but absolutely for for some conditions there are other pegs that we have that are better that are longer or um, you know we have a stinger titanium too so like uh, Brian Martin loves the stingers for when he's in Kyrgyzstan because the the ground is usually completely fro- frozen uh, and then he uses the stinger titaniums um, we have we actually have a new peg too that's coming here soon Y peg. XL, so it's like the black label pig, but a little bit lo- taller and wider. So that's a really nice one uh, too. So I often bring uh, a little bit of a mixture of pegs when I go out, especially if I don't know exactly where what the ground is going to be like. And then always in the winter we use our snow pegs. Um, so at least for the, the the four main anchors on the tunnel tent. Uh, but usually, if I have the the snow pegs come in a pack of six. If I'm out in the winter and I'm only bringing the six, which I probably wouldn't, I would bring more. Uh, but I would do the, the, those two peg points on the vestibule on each side and then the vent guideline uh, on the vestibule as well, so if I'm like care on. Those would be my six peg points. And then I would uh, use other things around. Uh, but we definitely use snow pegs in the winter. Gotcha. So, um, get off the subject just a little bit. Have you, uh, you guys are a huge supporter of in the, in the hunting industry have, um, which I bring up frequently because a lot of the other shelter companies are, are, are either neutral or definitely anti hunting. Do you guys take mm-hmm. much of a black eye for that, for being, um, you know, I guess you'd say pro hunting or, or supporting hunters? Not that much. Uh, every now and then we get some, but you know we we decided early on uh, when we um, started meeting 
um, hunters and seeing, you know, just getting to know the industry better and, and what real hunting is about. Uh, so we support uh, legal and ethical hunting and, and, um, and we stand for that. That's not, um, we don't pretend that we don't. Um, so we, we don't. We thought, uh, we actually thought we were going to get um, a lot of negative in from Germany, um, especially. And we get every now and then, but not, not much at all. I mean, we have our Facebook pages and our Instagram pages for hunting. and um, But no, we don't. I think it's, um, yeah, we don't. But, but we stand for, um, we don't judge people for what, um, they do with their tents as long as it's legal. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, we do a lot of military and there's some people that, that, um, that have issues with that as well. And, and, um, but we want people to be able to, to sleep safely no matter what they're doing. Gotcha. Well, I, I certainly appreciate that. Um, <laughs> what, what do you think, uh, <laughs> as far as with your, with your new shelters and, in, in um, I, yeah, again, like I, I probably won't be running, um, when I say running, using, uh, my normal shelters this year. I really want to try out, um, I'm not even going to try and say it cause I'm going to screw it up, but the, uh, Halex. Halex, there we go. I'll get it eventually. Uh, that, that shelter there, I'm assuming is going to be an insane, um, seller for you guys. Just, you know, I, I always put everything up in the front yard no matter what, to make sure, one, I've got everything I need. And then, I, like I said, I swap out the pegs and then just familiarize myself with the shelter. And it's not very heavy, and it has a shit ton of room, and it has two vestibules. Yeah. And the only thing I was thinking is like, well, this is way more room than I need for a solo shelter for an elk hunt. But, you know, with the weight and the way the weather's been this year, I'm like, you know, I'm going to use it anyway. Um are you guys projecting that one to be a big one for you? And are you, is that something that, um, have you worked on it for a while? I mean, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, we've definitely, I mean, it is, um, it's really comfortable. It's, uh, like the Helix 2, I have a pack weight of four pounds, 10 ounces. So even if you're doing it solo, it's, it's not that much, right? But, um, it's, um, it's, uh, I think it's going to be really nice. It's basically lighter, the yellow label version of the Kaitum and the Caron. So it's a natural, uh, a natural one to have in the line. It was missing in the line, uh, a yellow label with two entrances and two vestibules in a tunnel style. So I think it's going to be really nice. It's, um, you know, the, the yellow label fabric is, um, cost a little bit more. So, um, you know, it's not going to be the cheapest tent that we have. Um, you know, we, we always try to set the prices where, um, as, to some extent, as low as we can, but um, it is a. It's there are others that are that cost less, obviously, and that's because that yellow label fabric is very expensive. Um, and that, that's another thing, like why um, there's some people that often ask why our tents are expensive. I call them valuable, not expensive. Um, but um, the main reason is that the fabric that we have that is so strong, and it's it's uh, we don't compromise on the quality of, of the materials that we get. So that's why it's a expensive or it's an expensive fabric to buy and then also because we have our own factory in Estonia um, with our own production so uh, but that was a side note but the Helix I think it's going to be really nice and the, and the three person the Helix 3 is also you know for five pounds two ounces a true three person tent um, 
I'm sorry, five pounds, 12 ounces pack weight, five pounds, two ounces minimum weight. Um, but the, that's a really, really nice option for families that are, um, that want to go out, uh, or for three. You can put three big guys in there without problem. So I think it's going to be, it's going to coming out in the spring of next year. So you're very early on having it. You're basically the first one outside of the office that has one, but don't tell anyone. Uh, we've, uh, definitely screwed that up, but <laughs> no, we, you joking. could just say it's because I use them in the worst condition. So you can yell at me later. So it's going to be like really good testing. Exactly. Yeah. I wanted a new opportunity to yell at you. Um, <laughs> if I bring that on the goat hunt, are you going to be mad? Shoot, no. me, shoot me straight. Okay, good. Cause I might bring it on the goat hunt. Wait, wait, where are the goats? Are the goats in snow? Mount Baker? No, it's in October. It doesn't really, I mean, occasionally oh, that's it'll the snow, one in October on Baker. On Baker. Yeah. I just. That thing has so much room, and when we get rained in for the entire day, like I can play football yeah, inside that thing. Yeah, but how cold that's going to be. There's a lot of cold space, and I have two entrances and two vegetables. <laughs> it's going to be even colder than your Anya. Uh, yeah. I, so don't I, come crying to me that you froze your toes off. Yeah, no kidding, right? <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm super excited about uh, that, that shelter. I mean, both yeah, of the new— Yeah, I love it. I, I just both of the new shelters really fit a niche that I, I specifically needed. Uh, the, the the trekking pole, um, you know, shelter that to me. I mean, most people use trekking poles. The ventilation it has, obviously, mosquitoes are bad. I mean, it just fits um, really well into that summer backpacking or scouting. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm sure it would do fine in wind, but I'm not gonna. You know, I'm smart enough. I'm not gonna camp at a summit with 40 mile an hour winds with it. But it did well in relatively decent winds when we were fishing it. I didn't have any, you know, issues with it. It does. Um, yeah, it's it's really cool. The honor is it has so many different ways that you can configure it. So there you can, like I say, you can roll up the whole outer tent around the top uh, and just have the inner tent. Um, it actually does really well in wind, uh, but obviously it has large um, side panels that can be pressed in by the wind. But uh, we do everything. So we have everything set up in the wind machine that we have at our office in Sweden for um, in storm. So it's, um, you know, it's very windy. It's, it's, you can stand up, but it's hard to stand up. Um, and we turn the wind machine on, and then we set up the tent in front of the wind machine. So we never give a wind speed rating or anything like that. But um, so we make sure that you can set it up in the wind and, and, um, and uh, all that. But then also we... Um, we, we let them sit in the wind for days on end, uh, to see breaking point or wear points and, um, and it does really, really well. That's why if you look at the honorees, you probably thought that the pole pockets were a little bit overbuilt, that they're beefier than they probably need to be for a tent that's mostly going to be used in the summer, but that's because of that. So when we had it over, eight hours in the wind machine, the pull pockets would fall over uh, when we had them shorter. So that's why that pull pocket at the top is is really long and very sturdy. We made them in lighter materials and the pull would fall over. Um, we made them shorter, the pull would fall over. So it's actually really, really uh, good in wind, but it can press down on that, on that panel. Um, but if it's set up well, it, it's very strong. Yeah, I was I was surprised it did uh, quite a bit better than I than I initially anticipated, and I yeah. have relatively high expectations considering the abuse I've put your shelters through. Which is one of the things I want to talk about was price, because 
obviously I sell expensive backpacks um, and you guys, or valuable. Is that what I'm supposed to say? Valuable? Valuable. I They're think fine. valuable is much better. Expensive sounds so <laughs> judgy. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, when, when people bring that up, I'm like, guys, I have an Acto that I've had since I think 2007, um, maybe 2006. Yeah. And yeah. I, it literally, I have beaten the living shit out of that thing. And I'm like, and it's still going strong. And what is yeah. the Acto? I think when I bought mine, it was close like 600 or five something. Yeah. And it's been so long. I can't remember. Is that close to the price on them? Are you trying to remember too? How much is an Acto? It is. 585 now. Okay, see, I wasn't too far off. Um, You're not I can't. Too far off. I can't remember what happened yesterday, let alone, let alone in 2007. So, um, <laughs> and you look at a comparable shelter from a competitor, um, you, you know, and I would say the closest looking at it, I, I would say is, is 450. So it's a hundred and some dollars difference in the competitor's shelter. Um, the one I'm thinking of specifically, I've seen two of them blow down since 2007. And, and my Acto is still good to go. I, I've never had an issue with it. And that is something really to, to think about, not only price. I mean, as far as like if it blows down, they may not warranty it. or, But also, you know, you have to live in it, and, and it really sucks when your yeah. tent blows down. So your survivability is is much better for not that much more money. Um, and I get kind exactly. of irritated. Yeah, I, I get super defensive of you guys on that because I've just – put myself in such horrible situations in your shelter and they've never, you know, never had an issue. Well, I say that there was one issue that was totally my fault, which was the guideline portion, but I've never had an issue that wasn't from my dumbass. And so I, I like I said, I'm a, a huge uh, advocate of, of what you guys offer and your, your material is another thing. And, and, and if people actually I think they would be startled and you can't bash other companies, but if you tested the standard material on the uh, imported from China shelters in abrasion and tear resistance compared to yours, I think people would probably shit their pants. It is significantly different. Yeah. We send, uh, if you order a catalog, you get a, a fabric sheet in it. Uh, and that's for that purpose. There is a standard fabric. And then we have our four fabric, uh, four, four different kinds of fabric. And there's a little cut on there. So, so, you order the catalog, uh, do rip that um, fabric sheet because you can really see how strong that fabric is. And again, like my dad started 50 years ago and he was making tents for himself and his friends. And um, that's still kind of what we do. We, we make tents that we use ourselves a lot. And we, use, um, we make tents that we know that are good friends and, and, and customers basically a lot of them put their lives into um so we don't compromise on on materials and like every detail that is on a tent is there for a functional reason there's nothing there that's there to look pretty uh and function first is always the the, the thing that we look at um and i think for that's why i talk about value because it it might be a high thicker shock uh, when you look at it first, but it is, um, you have a much, much longer lifespan and the amount of nights that you can spend in that, if you, if you actually use the tent and it's not a lot per time you're out. So, um, if you're out 
as much as you are. It's like barely a Starbucks cup every time you're out, right? Oh, uh, it's and way. I broke it, it down mathematically. It's uh, it's yeah. I'm down to pennies on that acto. Funny. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, so. And that's the thing that. So if you buy something that's cheaper, maybe you have to replace it after a season. That's why like, some of the guide companies that we work with, they're like, you know, yeah, it's super high cost upfront for us to buy a whole fleet of them, but. But then we don't have to replace them. They're used to replacing it. After a Denali season, they replace all the, the whole fleet. Used to. And then uh, with ours, they can have them, uh, I think American Alpine Institute, they have had them for, I don't even know how many seasons. They had five or ten up on Denali. Um, so we have to look at it that way. Um, or how many hotel nights are you spending? What are you spending on those? And um, there's There's been a this idea that for some reason tents should be shouldn't cost much i think it's an investment um uh, and yes not everyone needs our product if you look at it like they don't need to have that if you're out camping and kind of doing very simple nice weather camping you're probably not going to need it and and that's okay that's why i think it's great that there's lots of different shelters on the market but if you really are putting yourself into situation and, and places where uh, weather can be bad or or if you want something that lasts for a long time, then I think it it is valuable. It is. I'm down to uh, four, and, seeing, four yeah. and a half cents a yeah, night yeah. is what I'm spending on my but, auto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, that's amazing. Yeah. So, and even if you don't spend as much time, I mean, most people are not going to spend as much time as you are, but, you know, if it's, uh, a few dollars every time after some time, you know. I always say it's like when you buy a ski pass or a season's pass, it's only that first time that it costs $1,200 or whatever the season pass price is, and then the rest of the time it's free. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I, when I first got my, my Acto, I was, I was at a mountaineering store, and, and they used to have a full line of um, of your shelters. And then, I mean, you know, I you probably know Charlie Neptune. He owned Neptune Mountaineering. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Gary, a, Gary Neptune, yeah. Is it Gary? Sorry. Um, Patrick and him are buddies, right? I've only met him one time, and, but he yeah. sold the, the company to people in Texas, and it kind of went to shit. But when I first went up there, they had like 18 Hillebergs in their showroom set up, a pile of them. It literally looked like yeah. base camp at Everest. And so I walked in, and I, I was semi-timid to mention I was a, a hunter, and the salesman picked it like right out of the gate. And he's like, dude, just buy this one. And and they had other shelters in there, and I was like, oh, okay, and I walked around, and he came over and literally grabbed me. He basically was like, look, dumb shit, get this one. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, cool. And he gave his you know stories of where he'd been and all over the world and super fit dude, and, and he actually and I are still friends to this day. Um, I got that thing, and the first night I stayed in it, I mean, a hellacious <laughs> storm hit, and I'm like, there's no way this one pole shelter is going to, hold up to this shit i'm i'm gonna have to go hide under under a rock by the mm-hmm. end of the night and uh the next morning there was no issues i did you know i swore enough to get out and, and i braced up the the pegs and i tightened up the um the guidelines just a little bit and no issues and so when i went back like a month later that dude was like what do you think i'm like yeah i'm glad i listened to you man like this is a different level because i had been using relatively cheap shelters when i say cheap yeah. You know, 300 bucks for a, a shelter. Um, I had like an yeah. REI quarter dome, which for the money isn't horrible, but it is not going to handle what that Acto handles. It's just, it's night and day. 
Yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, it, um, it definitely um, makes a difference. And again, because every detail is there for a reason, um, it's function built. I do have to say a plug for, for Neptune Mountaineering. Um, the Texas company went out of business, so now it does have new owners. And they've to- completely revived the, the, the store. And uh, it's um, they don't have as many tents set up, but um, but the store has been revived. And Gary kind of has his little museum again. And, um, so, so you should go check that, that out is, again. It was so bad when I went. I obviously yeah. did not come back because I was like, yeah. you have ruined a legacy. You f- I'm not going to drop any four-letter words, but it was truly depressing I know, because... I didn't go to Cabela's. I didn't go to, you know, what I, I went to Neptune's when I needed something. That's mm-hmm. where I went. And I went in there and I'm like, one, they didn't have your shelters, which I was super fucking pissed. Off. I'm like, where's the Hillebergs? Mm-hmm. And they were like, oh, yeah, we don't have those right now. And, and, and so I, I literally walked out the door like you just destroyed a man's legacy. A, a great man. He's super cool, dude, when I've met him. Yeah. Um, so it's good to hear that they're back up and, and have the vibe. Yeah, no, they are. Yeah, they're doing a good job. No, so, that, that's oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, what are, actually, out of the curiosity, what are some of your bigger dealers? Um, like, where should people go to look for, for Hillebergs in, in some of the more known places? Um, so we work with Neptune. Um, and um, Ben Gate Mountaineering. The, they sell quite ben a Gate few. Ben Gate Mountaineering so. in Colorado, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, and backcountry gear in uh, Eugene. So depending on where you are, maybe work for Moose Jaw and uh, Camp Saver and, and some of the bigger online retailers. Um, and um, and then we also do we do direct sales from our website as well. Um, but um, yeah, those are uh, definitely visit Neptune again. Um, if you're in Colorado, you should definitely go to uh, Neptune. Uh, yeah, and then we uh, we're also working with Shields now. Gotcha. Um, and kind um, of trek if you're up in uh, in Bozeman. Gotcha. Yeah, normally I just put obviously I push people directly to you unless they want to want to see one. And um, you know, here uh, why I brought up Bent Gate is they do have some of your your shelters. Um, and then the Neptune thing, I'm I'm happy to hear, um, you know, because they still, I would imagine, what they still have four or five set up, or at least at least some of the more known models. I don't know what they have set up right now. Uh, they were working on different platforms and things. They re, they redone the store. I actually haven't been there, but I've seen a lot of photos from there. So I don't know what they have set up on a daily basis, but it should be a couple of tents, and then um, they have the ability to to set up um, things. I will go up and give you a full report, or I probably give Stuart a full report, and then he can relay the message to you because they're not. Yeah, too that would be house. great. <laughs> yeah, and if you're in Seattle, you can go to Feathered Friends. Yeah, um, so that's a good one too. Oh, um, I would say we are not openers, and normally we would we used to do uh, set up tents on by appointment in our office. It's obviously just office, but we're um, we're. Of course, not open. Uh, we are just, we have our warehouse crew working in the office, and then and everyone else, all of us are working from home um, and have been since March. So we're not, um, we can't have people coming to the office now. So even our customer service and everything is, is from home right now. So we're, 
Gotcha. That I can't do. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, we we have hit the destination of an hour, so I should probably cut this off, knowing that we're having a party <laughs> at the office today. Um, man, I I oh. can't. I know, right? Um, I can't thank uh, you enough and Stuart for for the support um, that you guys have shown to me in making such a, a great product. And I I strongly suggest for everybody to to take a look at Hilleberg, and they're they're definitely worth the money. And I have. Um, put my life in your shelter's hands probably more times than I, I should have, especially the yellow labels. Um, so yeah. Uh, where, where can they, is it, it's Hilleberg, the tent maker. Is that the, what's the website? Hilleberg.com. Okay. And then what do they need to do to get a catalog? Uh, if they go to Hilleberg.com, uh, there is a, uh, order a catalog page there. Um, so then you can get a free catalog and then you get that fabric sample, which is cool. Uh, you can really look at it, and and the catalog is whatever eighty four pages, eighty six pages. So there's a lot of information on our philosophy and and um, uh, how we make them and fabrics and and um, the whole philosophy and history, and then obviously in depth on each model as well. So there's yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of information. Yeah, it is one of the better, more well put together catalogs. Um as far as information and, and you guys have lots of videos as well on, on YouTube. Um, yeah, like exactly. That. And you can find other videos, um, on the website as well. So we have FAQs and, but, but videos on, um, you know, how to set them up in strong winds and, and, um, and, um, tent talks, which we need to do a tent talk one of these days I, um, I, where we talk to different users and ambassadors and things like that. I will do everything in my power to not cuss when we do a tent talk. That I may have, you may have to put a shot collar on me, but I, I can do it. So, well, yeah, well, good. Well, cool. When are you coming in October? Um, I think then I'm coming. To, I'm probably going to come a day early to come visit you. So probably I think the tenth or eleventh. Perfect. So that'll be great. Cool. Well, thank you again so much. Thanks for coming on and uh, tell Stuart, you guys hug each other for me. Um, tell him thank you for everything as well. I, I appreciate it. And thank you for everything you do. It's amazing. And, and uh, have fun and uh, be safe out there. I definitely, I definitely will. All right. Take it easy. Take care. Bye.